Sounds good. Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. This is episode 396. I don't have family members on my show often, but this is my Aunt Colleen. How are you? Good, good. Happy to be here. How are you? I'm great. Well, I want to say that, you know, my parents were, you know, divorced when I was in undergrad. And, you know, they, you know, didn't always see eye to eye 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 in their marriage. But, you know, you and Uncle Jim partially raised me and modeled a good relationship for me to, like, understand how dynamics are supposed to work. And recently, a family member of mine got married. But also, I'm trying to model a good behavior for my godson, who I see like once or twice a week, mostly on Sundays. So I'll see him later today. But, uh, you know, it's a weird situation because uh, his mom is my ex-girlfriend, you know. But still, we t- I don't want to put any like toxic behavior out there. So we get along. Everyone gets along now and we all kind of stay in our lane and know our roles. But um, marriage. Well, sorry, I'm going to let you talk. But I want to get out some statistics that terrify me. Some divorce statistics. Before you get married, you got to think about divorce. What 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 could go wrong? Uh, it takes a year to finalize. Seven thousand uh, dollars. Six percent of couples that get divorced remarry each other. Uh, couples who live together before marriage are more likely to get divorced. That was the one thing that I was like crazy. Like it, it seems like there's something to the mystery of getting married and then moving in together instead of moving in together first. Um, 60% of marriages end from infidelity. 24% uh, of marriages end from domestic violence. Uh, That's a lot of pitfalls. How do you think you avoided (laughs) any of these pitfalls? Like, how how do you maintain a marriage, Aunt Colleen? Um, Well, I think first and foremost, I think you need to be respectful of the person that you're with. Um, And I think the biggest thing is just in general being polite, you know, and um, from the standpoint of respectfulness, you know, you know, saying please and thank you go a long way. And um, so I think for your uncle and I, I think that that has been a big thing. I think, thankfully, I think we're both, um, you know, respectful of one another. And I appreciate how well he treats me. Hopefully he appreciates, he appreciates the things that I do for him. I think he does. And I feel like that has gone a long way in our relationship. Mm. Um, what did you think? Uh, To me, the, the most surprising statistic there was, um, Couples who live together before marriage are more likely to get divorced. Did you and Uncle Jim live together before you got married or did you live separate and then get married and go get together? Um, no, we we did live together. And I and in actual fact, I think that that is important to some degree because, you know, you have to get used to being roommates. And for us specifically, um, you know, it's always worked out for us because we've always from the very beginning, even when we weren't married, you know, put our finances together. We're always on the same wavelength in terms of how to spend money. And, you know, I think even from the standpoint of, of you know, roommates in general, 
you know, one person's responsible for paying the, you know, cable bill and another person's responsible for um, something else. But, you know, even if we weren't making exactly the same money, we just pooled all of our money and, and, you know, paid bills and, you know, have always been on the same wavelength in terms of, you know, how to spend money in our finances. Mm. So I think getting used to that when you're living together um, is important. And just the day to day, like the chores and things like that, um, getting used to who's handling, you know, what makes a big difference. I think if you don't live together um, before you do that, like in some ways, that's all a learning curve once you, you know, cohabitate. No, I agree. I totally agree. And to be fair, it was like, 53 percent versus 47 percent when they said more likely to be you know so it was like kind of splitting hairs there but i thought that was interesting too because i i think i've only lived with one yeah i've only lived with one girl and uh it's funny because like that was kind of brutal because like we lived together for i don't know we were together like four years and at the end of it the lease ended the lease was going to end in three months and we were kind of like broken up for three months in the lease. And that was like the most torture part because you're just like you're sleeping in the same bed, broken up and you're just waiting the lease out. I mean, oh, torture. that's horrible. Yeah. Torture. Um, yeah, go on. Yeah, that. No, I was I would say, you know, I've seen that in other, you know, I won't uh, name names, but other relationships that are close to me, you know, where you know, you invest in the relationship. Sometimes there's animals that you share together. Sometimes there's cars, you know, and it does become, then it becomes more like a divorce if things don't work out. Yeah. Um, states with the lowest divorce rates, Georgia, Connecticut, Delaware, Arizona, Alaska. Now, the Alaska one is interesting because there's like, uh, for every 10 men, there's one woman, you know what I mean? So- if you if you are able to get one of them, boy, you're, <laughs> you're lucky. So you got um, Georgia, I find is interesting because that's kind of like the Bible Belt. But then Connecticut as well. Um, I don't know there. I was it doesn't seem region specific, the divorce rates. Um, so anyway, uh, speaking of leases, uh, my lease ends April. And my living situation at the moment is not ideal. And I'm kind of like holding off dating new people until I uh, I have a new uh, living situation just because I think first impressions are uh, quite important. Um, what, but I'm also kind of worried about hypercritical people, people seeking microaggressions. Uh, what, what do you think is a good way to like make a first good first impression? Like, you know, <laughs> um, I guess just, you know, obviously be yourself. And, um, because I guess in the end, if, if being yourself is not enough for the other person that you're with, then, you know, maybe they're not worth pursuing a relationship with, you know? So, um, I know like it, it's hard in the dating world these days, because I know a lot of stuff is done online. You get to know everybody's personality before you even meet them. Nothing happens organically, you know? So I think that that is, you know, it's challenging for, for people your age and, you know, my own kids. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, comparison is the thief of joy and social media is comparison.com. 
So I think everyone puts on social media their ideal life out there and it's just not realistic. And then you start, you know, finding it's more of a betrayal if you realize that someone was lying about their public image, you know, instead sure. of just sure. knowing nothing about it. And like you said, finding out organically. I tried online dating for a minute. I just don't like it. I, I think that, uh, you know, if I meet somebody at a comedy show or something, that's always been a better way because they already see kind of me and my element. And that is normally how it goes for me. Oh, that's good. And then they see you for you and, you know, and you share common interests because they're there in the first place. Exactly. It kind of like weeds out a lot of things. Like if, if they're not a comedy fan, then it's not, you know. <laughs> right, right. Um, but you, you, you and Uncle Jim have a good way of like letting off steam if you get frustrated with each other. I remember Uncle Jim, you, you asked him to like clean something. He's like, all right, I'll do it now so I don't hear you bitch about it. And it's just this fun little banter, but it kind of blows off a little steam. So I, I definitely saw that as a technique where you instead of like, because my parents would like, throw haymakers and i think you and uncle jim were just kind of pressure release valve right well you know i think you know just as we were saying a moment ago i think you have to have a sense of humor in a relationship and you know so sure like he may feel that way and and you know articulate that in the moment and i just have to let things you know roll off my shoulders otherwise like you're saying it could become you know quite um challenging to get through if you don't just you know don't sweat the small stuff kind of thing yeah uh another key to marriage that i've noticed from you is cooking i mean you are the best cook in the family i remember we we came over one time you even like warmed the plates so that when the food hit the plate the food wouldn't cool off and you know the plate by putting the plates in the oven i've never seen anyone do that before but then the the meal was warm the whole time and and amazing like you your attention to detail uh in cooking and Jim is more of a griller he's more of a if if the barbecue goes on outside he's he's got the steaks going that's more his role um uh that's kind of very traditional but is that you know i think sometimes modern people Modern women are like, oh, I don't want to cook and clean and do this and that. But I think if you put joy in it, it's you don't see it as a chore. I sure. think like I think like modern women see it as some form of slavery. Like, oh, you want me to cook and clean, but it's like I like I like to cook, you know. <laughs> I don't see it as slavery. Well, I think you have to look at our, you know, like I think that um you have to look at your relationship and what you what you do well, you know, like Jim takes care of a lot of that outside work and, you know, like the, um, you know, lawn work and things like that. I'm the one who's gardening, pulling the weeds and things like that. And I like to cook. I, it's a hobby for me and it's therapeutic. Plus it also gives me more control over what we eat because if I let, if I left that up to Jim, he would be eating, you know, much less healthy food. Um, but so I don't see it as a chore. And I think that, you know, everybody brings their strength to the relationship and you have to, you know, you have to value what, what they bring. And hopefully, you know, it's not always a 50, 50 split, but you know, as if you get 60, 40, you know, in this day and age, it's probably not so bad. 
And, and you know, some months at 60, 40, one way, some months at 60, 40, the other way. Uh, exactly. you know, so if one of y'all gets sick or something like that, um, so you're, you're a nurse. How, do do other nurses ask you for dating advice on the job? Like, well, not for dating advice, <laughs> but, um, you know, my colleagues in the role I'm in right now are all about my same age with marriages that are probably, you know, same length, you know, in terms of longevity, you know, you know, Jim and I are going to be married 35 years coming up this year. So um, my colleagues probably have marriages that are about the same. Like, fortunately for me, I don't have too many friends that have been divorced, um, you know, and the, and the ones that I have, that becomes a sad situation because, you know, you get custody of one person in the relationship or the other. So, and that can end up causing some, um, you know, hurt feelings down the road. Meaning like you have to pick sides? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I guess one relationship that comes to mind in general, you know, we had always been friends as couples. This is much, much uh, farther back in our history, um, childhood friend of Jim's that, uh, you know, it's actually the couple that introduced Jim and I, um, cause we had met on a, a blind date, but, um, they, uh, you know, when they got divorced, she kind of fell to the wayside and we pursued more of a friendship with him, you know, and intentionally meeting up with him for whatever reason, you know, so, yeah, that was my next question. How'd y'all meet? Uh, you say it was a blind date by a mutual friend who yeah. set you up? Yeah. So we had, I uh, at the time I was working um, uh, in cosmetic, in the cosmetic industry before I'd become a nurse. And a friend of mine knew I had uh, broken up with someone, you know, short time before. And she said, well, I know this guy that, uh, you know, he's, he's probably be interested in, um, you know, a date. So we met each other with this other couple at a, at a bar and then, um, the rest is history. So it was a double date. Yeah, it was a double like... date. Uh... It was funny because I was sitting there at the bar with another, uh, guy, a friend of mine. And then Jim was brought in as a, um, you know, as the potential suitor. And then he was like, what the heck, you know, I thought you were setting me up with this girl. Why is she sitting here talking to this other guy? And then, you know, before long, he realized that it was just a, a friend that I was talking to. So. So how how long were you guys dating when you realized that you were going to marry that guy, my uncle? You know, I think that uh, we were dating a year before we ended up getting engaged. And I think for us in general, we were just in a stage of our lives where we were ready to make that commitment to one another. And I think that's a big difference. That makes a big deal because I know people that are have been dating for 10 years at a time and then never get married or, you know, like, and because you're not at the same level of commitment. And um, so I think that 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 was very important for us. We were both looking for the same thing in a relationship. We weren't willing to uh, play games. And I think that that was all really important for, for us in our relationship. Yeah. It's scary out there. Maybe it's just like, um, you know, I remember the me too movement was going on. I was dating this girl, uh, and I was driving her to her protest. She was like protesting Trump, you know? So I was like driving her to a protest, you know, 
and uh, I would drive her to work all the time, you know, and some guy was like clearly hitting on her in front of me. And let's be honest, the only reason why a guy would basically do anything, leave the house is because he's trying to like look like a virtuous person. Like, oh, you know, I'm I believe in the same cause you do. Like, let's date. And she was obviously the most attractive person who was going to these anti-Trump meetings. <laughs> so this guy was like hitting on her in front of him. And I just very casually was like, all right, sweetie, you want to go? And I very, very slightly, but in front of the guy, just touched her butt a little bit, a little bit. Okay. But then that microaggression got turned into um, you know, Trump was like grab him by the pussy type of thing and then she you know even though she was my girlfriend i drove her to and from the protest all of a sudden i was toxic masculinity and then she made out with another dude in front of my friends so i i guess like i'm just kind of freaked out because like i i try to you know you you make one mistake or you you know act inappropriately or you know and i thought it was inappropriate that she was like this other guy was hitting on her in front of me i thought that was rude um but, you know, I just think that our generation maybe has more like dating ADHD. Like, you know, my last three girlfriends cheated on me and I'm just like, ugh, you know what I mean? So um, and I think part of that is like the constant, you know, the Internet. I don't think that's to be downplayed how the Internet and this all this information kind of uh, makes every, you know, if you are trying to be a victim about something, you can find that if you're trying to be. I hear about something you can find that and i think everyone's getting in their echo chamber instead of like you know like you said before like rolling with the punches like you know uh not sweating the small stuff well i think the thing about dating these days that was much different than when i was um you know going through it is you know you hear people labeling a relationship I'm just dating, like we're not exclusive. Like, like I think that's kind of interesting because, um, you know, I think that I, Jim and I kind of jumped in fairly quickly, like within a week or so and saw each other regularly because we were interested in one another. And, you know, I don't think we needed to really label it at the time. I think it was kind of overtly understood that we were exclusive. You know, whereas I think that it's interesting, you know, that you date a, you date someone a few times, maybe in a few, even a few months, and you're not considered boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, like, I don't, I don't understand that, that in today's day and age, in date, in the dating world. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of think like you can date anybody and just one date is just to get, just to meet somebody. By like date three or four, I remember like there was like date five or whatever. I told this girl, the same girl, by the way, I was like, listen, I just spent a hundred dollars on you. Like you're either my girlfriend or this is over after tonight. Like what kind of like shit or get off the pot? Because it was the same girl. And I was like, like I say, driving her to her Trump events. I was driving her to work like every day. And our fifth like date date, I was like, I'm in this. Uh, are, if you're not feeling this as boyfriend girlfriend like we should just cut our losses now um yeah so and then she's like uh yeah i got that and then she cheated on me so it's like ugh. i feel like um some her in particular i feel like the in-between dating was what way more exciting when 
the boyfriend girlfriend that's when once that label was attached then she was like out i think she liked more of the the vaguity the vague part was more mysterious and that's when we got along the best because i was keeping her guessing a little bit i don't know i uh, yeah unfortunately there are a lot of I don't know, maybe it's men and women, you know, that are like that, you know, that enjoy the chase and they don't like the, um, you know, like the the humdrum um, issues that you have to deal with on a regular basis in a in a relationship where you're both committed to one another, I guess. Yeah. The mystery when you're living together and it's like you take a big shit and then you have it's like, oh, sorry, I forgot to leave the use the loo brush. You know, uh, there's shit. There's toilet shitty. It kind of ruins that mystery. And, and you know, like I think everybody when they're in the mysterious part where it's like you're trying to get the other person to like you, but not trying to be too needy. That is quite exciting for both people, because it's like there is a little bit of the chase is kind of a fun ancient process of a mating ritual so i get i i like that too but after like five six dates then i start having like anxiety dreams about the situation like all right what are we doing here like can we just you know the mystery and the jealousy to me it's like the thought of that person with somebody else would drive me crazy so then i'm like okay we're either doing this or we're not doing this what are we doing here you know uh and I, I think like maybe so there was a, a one I know this is small, but with that same girls, I'm just talking about one case. I've had like 10 uh, I've dated like 10 people in my life. But this one case, it, it was interesting because this was the time where I was like, all right. So after she agreed to be boyfriend, girlfriend, I was like, OK, well, I'm going to put on Facebook in a relationship, you know, like just put it post it there. And then she was like, OK, let's do that. And then I did that. And then she didn't. And that was for me, I was like, wait a minute, you don't want to publicly take yourself off the market. You want to stay on the market public. But so that was like, ugh, you know, um, I know. That, and that's not a something that you had to deal with in your age, like these little choices of <laughs> being dating on Facebook versus not. Um uh, but you think you have problems. The other day on Colleen, I got a, I was walking in my car to go to work and I saw this person in a wheelchair getting kids in a in a what's a you know a car seat. And they were going one side of the car, getting the kid in the car seat, going around the other side of the car, getting a, like a handicapped person with small children trying to run that. And it's like I think I got problems. You know, <laughs> my problems. Yeah. I just started uh just going like, you know what? I'm fine. At least, you know, I don't got this person's problems, you know. Um, That's true. There's always someone that has it worse than you, you know. <laughs> um. So did so how did you get through like low points? Because every marriage has up and down. Like, do you remember a low point in like, uh, did you have to see counseling or did you? I, I know this is a little personal, but like, how did you get through like rough parts? I would say that the the well, Uncle Jim is like, you know, macho man. He's not really that interested in counseling, you know, doesn't really see the uh, benefit to it. I would say the lowest point had been um, just parenting a challenging child. 
um, and being on the same wavelength as one another, you know, when it came to that. And I would say that's probably the lowest, lowest point that I can remember in our relationship. Um, and thankfully, uh, we were able to seek counseling with our kid. And, um, and I think that was helpful because, um, you know, I agreed to a session. I think it's always helpful to hear someone, an objective person, provide another viewpoint that maybe you hadn't thought about. And thankfully, you know, I think we're both um, fairly intelligent people. And I think that that was very, um, very helpful to at least be open to that process. And having done that, I think things really changed after that. And and I think the base, the me- main thing in any relationship, though, is that you have to understand that there are going to be peaks and valleys and that you just have to weather the storm and hope to get to the other end. And I think that, um, you know, often people think that the grass is always greener on the other side. And I think when you look at the person individually and if you don't have specific maybe addiction issues or anything like that to deal with, you know, like it makes a big difference. You know, those types of things may not be something that are easily, um, you know, you know, something that you can easily get through. But I think when, you know, you have two rational people that, you know, want to make the relationship work, that's very helpful. Yeah, I feel all that. Um, The other thing that's going on in my generation is a lot of like um, ethical non-monogamy, polyamory, uh, you know, gender bend and this and that. Um, I'm like quite traditional meat and potatoes kind of guy. I'm not poly anything, you know, I, so, uh, I think that's like a justification for, for being a cheater, you know, it's like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not promiscuous. I'm polyamorous. That's just, you know, and, um, you know, I'm from Jersey, uh, you know, it's like, no, you're a whore anyway. So, um, what, what, what is, I, I just don't, uh i don't like the poly stuff i don't like like to me it's just creepy weirdo people you know and uh sometimes people have that in a dating profile or this or that it's like i just don't like it um uh i'm very yeah to weed out those people then i guess you know hopefully you're not you're not going to end up on a date with somebody that is uh interested in that kind of thing i guess if that's not your your thing yeah i'm like uh but i feel like they don't they weren't like forthcoming like i'm like no you cheat on me and they're like no i'm Polly. it's like well that you shouldn't have said you were my girlfriend (laughs) it's like to me it's just like a uh i find it and I know this is very judgmental and this is like, I'm not, you know, I was raised Catholic. I'm not really Catholic anymore. I'm more of just kind of spiritual. I'm not sure about those issues of afterlife and this, um, but I'm, I just, uh, I think it's like uh, a reflects poorly on someone's character. If they're poly, I think that they don't have resolve or discernment if they're polyamorous. Um, I don't know. Are you, ju- are, do you share my judgment towards that lifestyle? <laughs> well, you know, I guess it's like, 
you know, it, it all depends on the, the couple, I guess, if that's something that they're in agreement with. But I would I agree. It's not a lifestyle that I would engage in. However, I think that if other people um, are into it, I mean, like it's not my my thing. But as long as both people in the relationship are under the same understanding. But if they're not, then obviously, you know, there's something wrong with that then you may want to rethink your relationship. But I personally, you know, am, am not one to participate in such a lifestyle. But I guess I'm just not, I don't think too much about other people that do because, you know, I don't have any friends that are involved in that lifestyle. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel as though they're trying to manufacture a perpetual jealousy scenario. Like we were talking about before, like the mystery uh, the early stages of dating when it's like mysterious. Oh, let me try to get this person to like me. They want to like suspend that uh, by having like other people like, oh my God, do you like uh, Jack more or do you like Jane more? Ooh, you know, so it's like manufacturing this m perpetual mystery scenario. If you have multiple partners. Sure. I mean, I could see how that, I could see it's just like the other um, you know, lifestyle like that, you know, S&M or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I guess it's, it's stimulating the same type of, um, interest, I assume, you know, yeah. creating, um, that, creating that, um, you know, that I, it's not anxiety, but it's more, you know, like, uh, that stimulation in that, in that way of thinking, like crazy you know, what 50 shades of gray kind of thing. Yeah. I also, uh, in new Orleans, uh, at a comedy show, I met this thruple. They were like three gay gentlemen that, you know, shared bills, shared a house, but then they were also open. So like the three isn't enough. They could get Tom, Dick and Harry in the house. And I was just like, to me, I'm just like worried about burglars. It just seems like a lot of people coming and going. <laughs> you got three people. They can all bring two to the house. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, it's just hard to get. I'm just like so traditional. And then um, Emily came to visit last year for my birthday. And we went to Barton Springs here in Austin. And there was like a gay couple who are married, but then they have an open relationship, too. And I was like, what's the just I'm sorry, just what's the rules here? And they're like, well, we're our number one and number one. We always like end up together, but we can always bring whoever we want back to the house. And it was and then they use this term. No. And then I bring someone to the house and I extract sex from them. And then I go and it, I was just like extract sex. Just like such a clinical. It's just like, I don't know. It just seems like a usury type of thing. I don't know. <laughs> Well, it sounds like those relationships are more based in the sexual relationship than it is, you know, you know, the day to day and the, you know, the humdrum, you know, I guess maybe that's what keeps things exciting for them. Yeah, well, it seemed like more uh, you say sexual, I would say more financial. It's like they just keep this big, nice house together and then they bring a bunch of people to it. I don't know. I'm just I'm always <laughs> just like. Uh, I'm uh 
And maybe that's that maybe that's why my last three girlfriends cheat on me. Maybe I'm more traditional and I'm like trying to lock put labels on it and it's like labels, oh labels. But um it's also, you know, men early in dating were kind of like taking people out spending money and it's kind of like uh uh you know, we're we're quite invested. And sure. So, it's kind of like disrespectful. I don't know. Uh, but I, think, uh, I feel like you got to get more creative when it comes to dates. And I understand the pressure that's on the man to, you know, spend money. But in the same respect, you know, can't, you know, is the option there when, when you're getting to know one another to go for coffee or just go for a walk or a hike or a bike ride, you know, like, are, are those options available to people? And I think that just that actually opens up like a whole nother opportunity to get to know one another and, you know, what people are interested in, you know, whether you're interested in hiking or not, you know, or or exercising or, you know, sitting around, or, you know, whatever your specific uh, likes and dislikes are. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. And that's why I'm kind of uh you know barton springs is a good first date choice for austin it's just you go swimming at the park you know it's pretty and then you can bring a picnic so i think that's uh gonna be More my strategy a way to get to know one another yeah and i'm gonna get a dog when i move into my new place so you know um and then i get the dog off leash you know kind of sick the dog towards an attractive lady oh my god how'd my dog get off leash you know there's like strategies there out there a little yeah. dogs um, are magnets plus you know you know who's a dog lover and who's not you know another yeah. opportunity to get to know one another yeah it's funny because i i met this girl and she was like really attractive uh like two weeks ago but then she had a cat and the problem is i'm like violently allergic to cats i that's like a deal breaker just because i i you know, if I scratch a cat and then scratch my eye, my eye will start inflating like I've been punched. Like I'm, I'm, I can't be around cats. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. That might be one person that you can check off the list. Yeah. Uh, she was attractive though. Anyway, um, <laughs> cat people, gross. Um, anyway, that's all, that's all my questions. That's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, well, thank you. I also just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a, a amazing role model for me. You know, you, you partially raised me, you know, there was, Aww. you were the, the other kind of group of parents, my aunt and uncle. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks for doing Aww. this. Well, we, you know, love, love these opportunities to spend time with my nephew and, you know, I love you and your your brother and sister a lot. And, you know, I appreciate you having the interest in having this conversation. Yeah, I, I need to I need a little pep talk because, I, you know, to get back out there, you know. Yes, yes. You're <laughs> going to find I think there's there's a man for every woman. And, and you know, and I think that uh, you're going to find the right person. And I keep your head in the game. And I have I have all the faith in the world in you. Thank you. <laughs> OK. All right, this has been Highway Diary, episode 396 on marriage with Auntie Colleen. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.